At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Otterman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. For the first time in the 2022 Steelers season, it is a game week. The Steelers and the Seahawks do battle Saturday night at Acroshore Stadium, 7 o'clock kickoff. Labs, that's got to be a very welcome opportunity for the players, for the coaches, for everybody around. This week of practice got has to have a bit of a different feel to it as you build up towards that first game. Yeah, and after the events, like from Thursday to uh, Saturday, yeah. I did check with Steelers president Art Rooney II, and there is no uh, initiative to change the team nickname to the Nomads. So, um, or so, uh, yeah, you have that too. Yes, it it is, you know, because well, I, I'm not even going to say that because I might jinx it. Never mind. I was going to say there might not be any chance for anything that has happened here and in Latrobe the last few days to impact that but yes there could be so shame on me yeah you can't shame on you can't even claim the safety of the city of pittsburgh as a shelter because saturday when they moved practice to the south side to get away from some weather the skies followed them there opened up and poured (laughs) on top of them so you're right it's not i don't think it has anything to do with latrobe i think it just has to do with the steelers themselves that weather pattern just just following them around or or maybe it's me because i was at all of those things thursday (laughs) friday <laughs> yeah, so that's why I think uh, I'll just bite my tongue here to punish myself for what I said about Saturday night and uh, hope that the uh, the gods were not listening. But you got to imagine for the players, you know, it's been two weeks now. You know, you've first week, first half week of training camp, we get to the weekend, Sunday day off. Next week, full week of practice, Sunday day off. There's nothing you're really building towards except for that day off. And now you finally get to look ahead and say, okay, all of this work is for naught. We see another opponent coming to town on Saturday. It has to be a little extra juice because I'm sure I don't have to tell you, once you get into this third week of preseason, I'm sure it starts to drag a lot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, you know, in previous uh, installments of this very fine program that, you know, 
it, it's it adds a little bit more of an edge to everything. You know, every snap, uh, every repetition, every 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 everything. Because as an example, uh, the offense, the forty second clock or the twenty five second clock, depending upon you know the the result of the previous play, whether you know the officials started at forty or started at twenty five. So. You know, for the quarterback, just let's just because we haven't mentioned the quarterbacks yet, and it's already nine oh three, I think. So um, <laughs> good on you, way to keep us back on track. <laughs> so you know, the quarterback, he's got to get the call um, from uh, the offensive coordinator through his helmet. Uh, you know, understand it, whatever it might be, if it's the actual play call or if it's one of those deals where you know the quarterback has that. Uh, long arm band, you know, and he flips up the top because a lot of times with the, in order to save time, rather than the offensive coordinator, you know, reading the whole thing, the whole play, the offensive coordinator has the exact same, you know, sheet on his uh, available to him. And he might just say, column A number three. And then, okay, you look down column A number three, and then he goes into the hut, the quarterback goes into the huddle and then reads the play. So, so you have to, you know, disseminate the information or understand the information first and disseminate it to your teammates so everybody understands what it is. Get everybody up on the line of scrimmage if there's pre-snap motion or shifting or whatever. You know, you do all that. Look over the defense to whatever degree is necessary or called for, and you get the playoff. So, you know, that's something that I'm sure that to some degree during practices so far, somebody has been you know, just keeping an eye on the clock right. to make sure that, you know, at least the general flow of the thing here is in, you know, in compliance with, with the rules of the game once the game starts. But still, you have to do it sometimes under pressure, sometimes at the end of a half or at the end of the game, you know, if it's a two-minute situation. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different things, you know, elements of it that you might not even think about that are different uh, and that provide either teaching moments or um, provide uh, an opportunity for guys to show that <clears throat> they are, in fact, game ready. They've got a full week of practice ahead of them to uh, show that very thing before the Seahawks come to downtown on Saturday night. Practice is back in Latrobe today for your Pittsburgh Steelers after having to move it to the south side on Saturday. Uh, precautionary, I think, didn't want to have any inclement weather ruin it, although it tried its best in the south side, like we mentioned. You know, you move practice to the south side, and that's just a, a change of scenery, a change of pace. When we were talking about Friday Night Lights before it unfortunately got uh, canceled due to weather, a main thing that Bill Cowher wanted out of it when he invented it was, you know, I want to change the scenery. I want to, you know, change the mindset of, oh, it's just 155, go to practice, finish practice, do film study. You got to change it up a little bit. The season's not always going to have games that kick off every single Sunday at 1 p.m., you know, Thursday, Saturday, a Sunday night, Monday night. So just a little way to shake things up for players. I feel like that's still accomplished by moving to the south side. You know, it's not as as, as exciting, not 15,000-plus people there at the high school stadium watching uh, practice, having that autograph session. So it's not as exciting in that sense. But as far as, you know, for the players on the field, it, it is that change of environment, you know, change of, hey, this isn't the same exact thing we've done for the past two weeks. And I think that that's, you know, still what Cower and Tomlin is continuing and trying to, 
drill into them with these, you know, hey, we're not just going to roll out of bed, do the same thing every day, go to Chuck Noll Field and practice. So despite that it wasn't in front of people at Latrobe, still mission accomplished in that sense. Look at you finding the silver lining. That's what we do. We're a very optimistic <laughs> show here, Labs. You and I are glass half full people. That's what everybody describes yeah. us as. Um, or, you know, and you were talking about game days, you know, with during pandemic too. Maybe you play on a Wednesday You're right. every now and then, you know. Um, <laughs> Wednesday at three. <laughs> Wednesday at three. Oh, wow. Hey, you watch when this new uh, streaming deal, whenever it is finalized, is finalized. There's been a lot of speculation that one of the goals uh, is to almost have games every day. I mean, <laughs> if you manipulate the yeah. if you if you manipulate the schedule properly, you know, with buys and you know maybe a team plays you know Wednesday one week and then Thursday the next week yeah. and then you know Monday you know whatever who knows I mean. And I, I don't know anything. I, I I just read a lot of stuff on the internet. And, you know, once it's on the internet, it's it fact. has to be true. Yep, it's fact. It's fact. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think that keeping everyone light on their feet or, as Mike Tomlin says, thoughtfully non-rhythmic, um, you know, it breaks things up, but it also keeps, you know, I won't say their interest, but their concentration uh, is maybe tested a little bit more that way. And one of the things, and we'll hear when we get to the Mike Tomlin uh, post-practice presser from Saturday, that was one of the things that he praised the team for, was that despite all of the changes, you know, and the weird stuff that was happening starting with Thursday, last Thursday when the last 11 plays had to be shaved off the, the practice script because lightning moved into the area, you know, Thursday was a change day. Friday was a change day. Saturday was a change day. He praised the team and the players for their focus and intensity. Um, obviously, he liked what he saw in that respect on um, Saturday afternoon at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Well, as you mentioned, Tomlin did speak to the media following practice, uh, business as usual as far as that's concerned. But before we get to that, Labs, I was just handed some breaking news here in the studio. Are you ready for this? According I don't to the, know. Am I? You are. According to you already knew this breaking news too, but now we can officially make it public. According to the Steelers via recent press release, practice today will be at Latrobe, but it is moving to Latrobe Memorial Stadium. So the Friday Night Lights Stadium is going to be used today. Practice is still at 155, but it is open to the public. So want to make sure you guys know if you're listening and driving up to Latrobe today, do not go to St. Vincent College. Chuck Noll Field practice will be at Latrobe. Memorial Stadium. Uh, glad we could finally get the green light to tell people that so we can kind of push them into the right direction if they're headed up today. And awesome to hear that they're still going to have a practice, even though it's not under the lights and doesn't have the exact, you know, gravitas as a Friday since it's a Monday. It's still nice to see them doing it there this year. Yeah, it's, um, you know, the it's a, it's a big event for the uh, community. And, uh, you know, that was always kind of one of the underlying purposes of it you know bill cower certainly as you mentioned you know that was the football aspect changing it up a little bit keeping you know the players um from getting uh, i don't know too comfortable yep. with the sket with the uh times of being ready uh, to play football and the days 
being ready to play football because, as you mentioned, the NFL schedule, as much as we would like wish like to wish it oh, back to reality, so Sunday at 1 p.m. Oh, Sunday was, at 1 oh, p.m. I'd give anything. It's not uh, anything? Uh, anything. Well, okay. Anything. Okay. <laughs> to be done by 7 p.m. on Sundays? Anything. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's just not the reality. So, uh you know, it's uh, it's a it's a teaching tool, I think, and um, as we have learned, it's beneficial to the the community, the programs uh, at Latrobe in the in the Latrobe school district. I don't think it's just the high school, uh, the whole right. school district. So yeah, it's a good thing, uh, you know. And as long as um, everybody cooperates, including you, Mother Nature, <laughs> uh, could be a fun afternoon. Most definitely. So if you're headed up, make sure you get to Latrobe Memorial Stadium today for practice at 155. Like we said, though, Tomlin spoke to the media following Saturday's practice at the Southside facility. Let's hear what Coach had to say. You know, I first start by saying we're just really disappointed for the fans this weekend. Uh, we were looking forward to entertaining them and gaining a lot of energy from those guys Friday night lights and today. But unfortunately, the weather dictated otherwise. I really was uh, pleased by the guys' intensity and urgency in spite of that. Uh, we had to come back into the city to get our work done today, and um, I just thought we had a really good practice in spite of some of, the, uh, some of the hurdles that we had to deal with from a weather standpoint. We don't run away from those issues. We run, run to those issues. Uh, we play in all weather conditions, just, just not lightning, and so it was good to see them remain singly focused and have good competitive days uh, in spite of the adjustments. Um, no real news from an injury standpoint. Uh, the guys have been described as day-to-day or continue to do so. There's been some guys who had increased participation like Minka and others, and it's reasonable to expect that to continue, particularly as we push into next week and start leaning in uh, on the preseason game week. Uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions. Nothing serious in with Cam? No, no, not. Not at all. Like uh, Chase had the pads on out there. Is he getting closer to maybe being a and, and he's a guy that I'm describing in that working their way back. And so um, hopefully we'll get a lot of those guys back to us next week as we start to lean in on some game action. And speaking of the weather, were you happy to see the skies open up during the seven shots trail simulating real football weather? I embrace all weather conditions except lightning. Uh, so because it's an opportunity to learn about ourselves and each other, uh, ball security, uh, an increased opportunity to ball search from a defensive perspective, um, Man, we got to take those opportunities to teach and to learn and, and to set our focus on opportunities and minimize risk. Mike, what, what growth have you seen from Alex Howsmith? What do you expect from him in year three? You know, I expect grown man varsity ball, and, and he's given us that thus far. Um, he's highly motivated, highly conditioned. Um, he's excited about taking a step. No, it's just the fact that I have to give you guys a depth chart. <laughs> That's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media following practice on Saturday. God, he loves those early season depth charts, doesn't he? It's his favorite yes, thing about he does. being a head coach. I think he got into it to do that, actually. Probably. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just, you know, he, he could probably do a little uh, contest, you know, among uh, – people who work for the team now you're thinking rotated, abs. yep rotated around <laughs> everybody gets a turn who knows if i ever get that chance though i'll certainly consult with you thank you and we'll be putting Pickett at number one not just the quarterback <laughs> but in a couple other positions as well maybe he'll return punts maybe be kick returner maybe he'll punt the ball as well who knows 
Uh, a couple of things I wanted to jump into with Tom on there before we hit our break was the injury report and a couple of the guys he mentioned. Cam Sutton, he was asked about him. Um, he said, you know, he's just dealing with an injury that's day-to-day. Everybody seems to just be day-to-day, which is the good news as far as you see some names on this injury report and they make you cringe a little bit, but then you see the status and it shouldn't be anything to worry about. Uh, Claypool, he mentioned, was carrying his pads around, didn't really give any uh, participation, though, as he works his way back. Uh, I expect, and I'm sure you expect, to see these guys get worked more and more into the fold because uh, they want to have, especially on the offensive side, I'd have to think, they want to have as many uh, of their main components as possible before Saturday night. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, Mike Tomlin has his, during the preseason, his news conferences are always two days before the uh, whatever game okay. of the week it is. So with Saturday games, you know, he would be meeting with the media on Thursday. So, you know, looking forward to that Thursday session. And, well, because he will certainly be asked about his plan for playing um, who and when and how long and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it certainly will start with the quarterbacks. And, you know, what we have learned from the previous several seasons is that, Ben Roethlisberger would rarely even dress for the first preseason game. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to me to see, you know, how Mike Tomlin addresses that when asked. My my suspicion would be that he would kind of try and maybe deflect it a little bit and not really pin himself down to too much specific information uh, because, you know, I really think no matter what he decides to do, he wants to be – or allow himself to be flexible, you know, based on how the game unfolds. So, and it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, uses the quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, since we're guessing right now, and that's all that this is, um, you know, I would think that maybe Chris Oladokun would be the guy who didn't get to play on Saturday against Seattle. That the, the playing time would be divided up among Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, and Mason Rudolph in some order for various lengths of time. Uh, but some of those other guys that, you know, Mike Tomlin was referencing in his injury report, uh, you know, I would be surprised if Minka, as an example, you know, I, I don't know that you need him to play exactly in that first preseason game. And, you know, I don't know how, how much he would have progressed at, you know, to this point, but even if he had reported to camp and a hundred percent health and practiced every day from then until, uh, the last uh, padded practice of the week before leading up to the game would be Thursday. Um, I don't know that he would have started anyway. You know, you got Demonte right. Casey. Um, he's a new guy to the Steelers. Certainly, he's not new to the NFL. Um, but you know, you want. I think you want to see some other guys. Uh, you know, working uh, in with their teammates and you know those kinds of things. So uh, that'll be interesting to some degree. And it's, it probably would be a little bit of, revo- of a, a little bit of a reversal from what we had uh, become used to, in that the quarterbacks will not necessarily be rested like some of the other positions, you know. Yeah. And guys like Cam Hayward, what do you need him out there for? Well, and TJ you know? Watt, you know, I mean, for a lot. TJ Watt. If you're expecting right. to see the elite members of the defense play a lot in the preseason, uh, you're going to have to wait until September 11th for that. Well, on the preseason opener, besides, at, you know, at the very least, that's that's yeah. the yes. So um, some of these guys that you and I have been talking about uh, daily, 
uh, in terms of uh, flashing at practice and, you know, the observations and doing those kinds of things. I think we're going to get a chance uh, to see them in game action. There's only three preseason games. You know, there are three roster cuts. There, there's 90 men, on the, 90 men on the roster right now. August 16th, they cut from 90 to 85. Then from on August 23rd, they cut from 85 to 80. And then August uh, 30th, they cut from 80 to 53. So, um, you know, you got, you got to start looking at uh, who you like, who you don't like, who you want to continue to try and work with, who you think just is not an NFL caliber player, um, you know, and, and kind of move on. Uh, but all the while, when you're doing those things too, you got to make sure you have enough guys at every position so that you can continue to practice every day. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into uh, making those decisions early in training camp, even though, you know, fans might say, hey, I could cut the roster from 90 <laughs> to 85, and I'm sure most of them could. Yeah. I'm sure most of them could. But there are some other things that you have to consider that may that they may not, and you know, maybe it's not time to get down to, I don't know, X number of running backs because on, on the first cut because you need running backs, you know, to practice. So those are the, some of the kinds of things going on behind the scenes a little bit. We're going to keep kicking around uh, the quarterback talk on the other side of the break. We're also going to hear from Kenny Pickett and from Connor Hayward as well as we continue to dig into the offense that's on the other side here on the training camp report right here on SNR. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Steelers' first preseason game is this Saturday at Acroshore Stadium. Seattle Seahawks come to town. Labs, people haven't been overanalyzing the quarterback reps through training camp practices so far, so I'm sure the world won't be on fire Sunday morning, <laughs> Monday morning, when people recap the game and how the three quarterbacks did, right? It'll it'll all be taken with a grain of salt, and everybody will be remaining patient when it comes to their development, I'm sure. Well, let me ask you this. Let's just kind of look into the crystal ball of the future. You got it. I got it right you here. think it will... Okay, good. Because I, I just use my magic eight ball. Um, <laughs> do you think that the overreaction, because there's bound to be some, about the quarterback play in the preseason opener will be more towards this is the guy clearly who's a starter, he should be it, or this guy stinks? Um, He's he's out of the competition. Well, it is Pittsburgh, after all. So I'm going to have to go with the this guy stinks. Not only is he out of the competition, trade him to Cleveland or cut him from the roster. That's probably the way they'll lean. Mitch yeah, could throw for 200 yards and two touchdowns and have that one interception at the very end, and it's, ugh, ugh, there it is, one interception. Get him out of there. Where's Pickett? It's a very, it's a very steep uphill battle for all three of these guys. You mean in the court of public opinion? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Which yes, I mean, that's, I, that's I, natural when you follow number seven, I guess. Hey, even for him, then at t- different times, <laughs> right. you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough time. Certainly is. Kenny Pickett seems like he is mature beyond his years, though. He spoke to the media following practice on Saturday and shared his thoughts on how he and the offense did. Let's take a listen to Kenny Pickett right here on SNR. But, you know, I definitely thought I had you know, a really good week, and I think as an offense we had a great week and just kind of building off of each day. How different does it feel from week one to week two at training camp now? So you're, you've, got, you've gotten into pads faster. How are you adjusting? Yeah, yeah, I feel a lot better, honestly. Like, just being able to play with these guys for a little bit, I thought it was a lot cleaner this week. Um, you know, being able to play at a, at a much higher level, so you know, definitely feel good going into week three. Was it much of an adjustment shifting down here and <laughs> doing all this? It was just, just kind of go with the flow. I mean, coach always says, you know, got to be light on your feet and just react and be ready to go play. So, um, yeah, I made the adjustment, came down here, and I thought we had a really productive day today. Any familiar surroundings for you, right? I mean, uh, you looked uh, on that seven shot drill, nice uh, fade pass there. Yeah. You've done a lot of times down here in the past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, getting, like I said, it's just really reps with these guys, being able to know how fast they're getting to the certain points. Um, you know, so I've thrown that to DV a couple times. It was good to get in the seven shots there. I think it was. I was listening to my helmets. It sounded a little loud hitting off the top of the helmet, yeah. So what was it like working in that? I mean, it was just like that period. Yeah, it was weird. It was one period, then it cleared up for us. So it, it was good. Just played through it. Kenny, who do you think you're building uh, your best chemistry with that? Um, I mean, right now, it's still early. I mean, I would say all the guys that I've in my in that two, three group that I've gotten to play with, the majority of the snaps, like those are the guys that I'm most comfortable with just because of the time. Um, so I'd say that group right now. You got a nice pass to Hayward, too, that led to a touchdown. He got pretty wide open there. It was a play action, right? What yep. do you think went well on that one? Um, just the run action, the guys coming off the ball. You know, Connor doing a great job of selling the route and coming out and getting his eyes up. So, uh, you know, great play, great call by Coach. You saw two big plays by Calvin today, that big corner and then that curl route. Well, what have you seen from Calvin? You're a rookie with him, growing with him. What has been his maturation process? Uh, I mean, just like all of us, it's just, we always talk about like every day we just feel like we're getting better and more comfortable in, in the offense. It's kind of everything's slowing down for us the more rest we get. And uh, obviously, when he knows what he's doing and he plays at the speed that he has, I mean, he's really tough to cover. So he's doing an unbelievable job. Deontay's back now, and Chase looks like he's getting close. You excited to kind of maybe get some time to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that'll be huge. Get those guys healthy, you know, get Pat back hopefully soon and, and get the whole team out there so we can really start clicking and, and get some good work. That's Steelers rookie quarterback Kenny Pickett speaking to the media following practice on the south side on Saturday. Labs, I I don't want to assume because you know what they say about people that assume, but Mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say that I expect the repetition breakdown, at least the order in which they appear in the first preseason game for the quarterbacks to mirror the first depth chart that the Steelers have released. Unless there's some dramatic changes throughout practice this week, I expect Mitch to get the start, Mason rolls in after him, and Kenny's the closer. Um, yeah, that would that would follow, I believe, uh, Mike Tomlin's history. Okay. Um, uh, the 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 only issue to me would be <clears throat> how long, you know, would guys be out there? Um, would they divide it equally among the three of them? Would Mitch play the first half? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it's going to be interesting to see. And then the other thing that's going to be somewhat interesting but i i do believe it if it turns out the way that you uh your crystal ball predicted you know kenny pickett will not be playing with any first teamers any frontline people because i don't i can't imagine a realistic scenario where in the preseason opener uh mike tomlin has as an example you know a couple of starting offensive linemen out there and or deontay johnson and (laughs) 
uh, Pat Fryermuth if he's available to play, just picking out names. So, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I do think, you know, that watching Steelers preseason games all the way to the end this summer uh, will have value. Uh, I, I really yes. do believe that. And let me, let me just throw this out for fans, you know, just as a way to put things in a little bit of perspective. Terry Bradshaw, four known Super Bowls. He was the first overall pick of the 1970 NFL draft. He did not have a regular season that ended with him throwing more touchdown passes than interceptions until 1975. Hmm. Okay, and then in, uh, in his first eight seasons, he finished with more touchdown passes than interceptions twice. So if he was playing you know, in today's short leash era, I mean, who knows how much rope he would have gotten? Well, you know, Bradshaw, let's, you know, this, this is to me, this is um, frightening that he performed this way um, and was not, was not pulled, but then became what he became. Right. Okay. Completed 38.1% of his passes, 38.1, six touchdowns, 24 interceptions, his passer rating, 30.4. I mean, imagine you're out of the league in this day and age, if that's the case, yes. if you have a full season like that. Um, so, um, you know, sometimes it takes time. And, you know, sometimes uh, you, if you wait um, and continue to water and fertilize the flower, it really gets beautiful. Uh, it, it may not be beautiful in the first, you know, whatever, but um, continue to nurture it, nurture it, and work with it, and you never know what what you might end up with. So uh, I just use that as a little bit of a cautionary tale, just as a reminder that you know sometimes time, it, it it takes time for uh, these guys to blossom. So uh, hopefully, no one really needs the amount of time that Terry Bradshaw did in terms of years, because I really don't know. Uh, if in today's day and age when quarterbacks hit free agency and the money that those guys end up making, uh, whether there would have been that kind of patience with him. Uh, so it's a different game, different era. We're all different. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But as I said, I'm going to just continue to keep falling back on this. I do believe that this might be the most compelling Steelers preseason in a while. No question. That way. No question. You know, patience paid off big time for Terry Bradshaw. We know that. Patience has paid off with other quarterbacks around the league as well as far as developing them into their best uh, version of themselves. Uh, when it comes to, you know, the fertilization process of a Kenny Pickett, I think, and this is, again, me looking into a crystal ball and speculating on what I think would be best-case scenario, it would really be uh, great if Mitch could wrap this thing up after the second preseason game Tomlin, that practice week following that game comes out. My number one quarterback in Cincinnati, September 11th, is Mitch Trubisky. Competition over. We know who we're riding with, at least in week one. And then that way you can kind of give Kenny Pickett the Dwayne Haskins treatment from last year where you just kind of roll the ball out and say, final preseason game, Detroit Lions, it's all you for all four quarters, Kenny. Maybe three quarters and then Oladokun can come in for the fourth. But 
this is mainly going to be your game. Uh, I don't want to say trial by fire because it's not a, a regular season game, but I think that'd be a great way to get him really acclimated and give him that full game under his belt as then he transitions to, you know, sitting on the sidelines with the earpiece in or being the backup quarterback for at least the beginning portions of the season. That's all well and good to hope that that happens, but you need Mitch to take the job first. That's step one in that equation. And if he needs reps in game three, he needs reps in game three. And this Kenny Pickett scenario I've laid out just goes out the window. Okay, Coach Offerman, I'm not uh, I'm not letting you off the hook that easy. Whoa, whoa, so whoa. Let's, ju- let's, let's just pretend. No, I, I'm not I, a I'm, coach. I'm just going to. I'm just going to let you I'm just going to let you continue down this train of thought and either drive the train, you know, through the tunnel or into off the, the wall of the tunnel. The bridge. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's pretend that it works that way for you. Yes. And Mitch Trubisky clinches the uh, starting job. Mike Tomlin makes the announcement that you said Kenny Pickett is going to play the entire third game. Who plays with him? I would say See that's tough because it really you don't want any you don't want anybody of significance out there you don't want Najee out there you don't want Fryermuth if he's healthy out there you don't want the receivers out there so you're right he might you know what get, about the linemen yeah, right and you know going off of your point even further we saw that last year when Dwayne Haskins got that chance he didn't get to go with the ones for the Steelers but guess who was playing their ones the Carolina Panthers defense so. You're right. I mean, just because, you know, it might work out the way where Kenny gets to start the whole game, he's not going to have the pieces around him that's necessary to give him a, a fair shake, I'd say, or at least show his full potential. So, yeah, it's definitely a, a good point that you bring up. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm not a coach. That's why I speak into a microphone and not, you know, out on the <laughs> south side or out on the Latrobe practice field right now. Okay, well, like I said, I just uh, wanted to know. But you're right. There'll you know, be no I'm one around him. There'll be no through. one legit, yeah. I, I would have to tend to agree. I mean, if that's the case, if you if you as the coach, me as the coach, <laughs> would be going into the third preseason game convinced that um, who your starting quarterback was going to be September 11th, uh, I wouldn't necessarily play him. And then, you know, I think that you have to then, um, you know, extrapolate that out with the rest of the offensive unit, too. Um, Because, you know, again, you don't want to be losing a frontline starter, especially on offense where there's going to be or there's going to be perceived to be so much uh, different from, you know, the uh, last year, the year before that. Uh, You don't want to create your own upheaval on top of the normal upheaval that you're going to be facing uh, offensively in terms of style, personnel, you know, whatever, play calling, I don't know. We'll have to see how this evolves. So, um, yeah, again, I'll go back to what I said in the previous segment. This is going to be a, a pretty compelling preseason compared to others in recent Steelers history. One guy that would definitely be playing in that third preseason game with Kenny is Connor Hayward. Uh, When we heard Kenny speak just moments ago, he mentioned that play-action pass that he completed to Connor in the end zone for a touchdown and seven shots. Uh, Hayward has been impressing so far uh, in the early goings in camp, and he ended up speaking to the media as well following practice on Saturday. So let's take a quick listen to Connor Hayward here on SNR. What did you see 
seeing that two-minute drill by, by Mitch really command the offense and being able to, to get you guys down there in the end? Just Mitch being Mitch, uh, you know, being composed, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, leading us to drive, uh, leading us to drive the ball down there. Um, you know, he didn't flinch, and uh, with a quarterback like that and all the other quarterbacks not flinching, uh, you know, that just makes us have uh, so much more confidence in our team. I know you're a rookie, so you, you've grown with Kenny throughout this entire process. How have you seen Kenny grow over these past few months? Each day, uh, just coming in, getting better, uh, being more vocal, and uh, just being himself. Uh, you know, Kenny had a lot of good qualities, uh, you know, as a leader and as a quarterback. But uh, you know, it's hard. Uh, you know, your first day was even hard for me and all the rookies. Sometimes you're gonna have those days. Not saying he did so, but uh, you know, coach always just talks about getting better. Uh, and, you know, showing growth, and uh, I can definitely say that he has. I know it's not completely live yet, but, but Mitch, Kenny, Mason—they've all tried to extend some plays. You guys have gotten work with the scramble drill. Uh, Mitch had one with the pickings there. How's that kind of working with you guys? And, and learn how to figure out the difference between Mitch, Kenny, Mason, and kind of how to work that out structure stuff. I mean, obviously, all of them have different uh, skill sets, but uh, you know, to be an NFL quarterback in this league, you got to be able to scramble and be able to make plays on the run, and all three of them can. And uh, you know, none of the rules change when it's scramble drill. Uh, when he's scrambling you, you know, you, you got to find space if you're on that sideline, and uh, you know, it's all about chemistry and. Uh, you know, just having a good feel for the game, and you know, if you're out there on the field, uh, you know, the, the coaches have more more than confidence that you have that. That's Steelers sixth round pick Connor Hayward speaking to the media following practice on Saturday. Labs, he's been turning heads with his tight end play so far, but if he wants to get a helmet on game day, if he wants to be that third string on the depth chart, it's all about special teams right now for him. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, because uh, you know Jay Sternberger. Uh, he's one of the uh, other candidates for a third tight end spot as an example. Right. Uh, has shown me a lot more than I ever expected. And I'm no personnel guy. So, you know, uh, Jay Sternberger, you know, impressing me uh, doesn't really matter, but I'm impressed anyway. Uh, so, um, you know, he's a candidate. Kevin Rader's a candidate. And then you just never know also how the, you know, the roster is going to work out because you know, we were talking in the previous segment about playing guys, um, you know, in the preseason finale. Okay. One of the, one of the uh, tricky things that a coach can sometimes encounter is, okay, let's say you're heading into the regular season with a few guys who you planned on either starting or having significant roles, you know, in one phase of the group. And they have like minor nagging type injuries that right. may only keep them out for a week or two, but they're not going to necessarily be ready for the opener. Okay. So now when you're putting your 53 man roster together, say you want to keep six receivers. I'm just spitballing here. And one of those six or two of those six are the kinds of guys that I just described people that um, you wanted to play, had planned to play, but aren't going to be able to slash ready to physically when the season opens. So you, you, you can't IR them because we don't exactly know what the, those rules are going to be yet. That's still kind of in the league office, and they're trying to figure out whether there's going to be that short-term IR um, or just it's going back to pre-pandemic rules. Right. Um, okay, so... Now, you, you can't put them on IR, but if you only want, so you, you keep them, so you may have to go shorter at a other position than you had originally planned because, you know, 
you need to account for these guys that you're going to have to carry on the roster but aren't necessarily going to be able to play when the season opens. So, you know, there's a lot of that stuff going on, too. So if you're a player or trying to forecast, uh, you know, who's going to be at the bottom of the depth chart at the different positions, that's a factor you have to consider because it's not necessarily just cut and dry the best 53. You know, it's not like you make a list, you know, and you go down and count 53 names and then you rip the list off and throw the bottom part of it in the garbage. Uh, so uh, if you're one of those players that's, you know, on the bubble like that, you know, you better make yourself really valuable somewhere else. And, you know, Danny Smith always says, you know, first group, second group, third group when training camp opens. When September 1st rolls around, there is no third group. Yep. <laughs> That's either practice squad or working at 7-Eleven. So, um, you know, you, you, if, you're not a, if you're not a starter, this is what he tells the players. He told me this. He tells the players this in the first meeting of training camp. If you're not first team on offense or defense, you better find a way to be first team on special teams. <laughs> so, um, you know, one of the other things, again, back to my – I'm beating this dead horse consistently today about this compelling preseason. Another thing to look about, look at, and maybe, you know, instead of tracking uh, how many uh, yards a quarterback throws for in a, in a practice at St. Vincent College, maybe you want to start tracking who are the uh, core special teams guys. Just use Connor Hayward as an example. And, you know, is he on kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return? You know, does he have a role on, you know, field goals and extra points as one of those wing guy, block guys or something? You know, those are the guys, you know, when you're watching that, those players who are keep showing up on these various special teams units, you know, they're showing up there because they're, sh they're proving themselves capable of doing it all. Because if, you know, you may get a chance at one game or one week in practice with being a a quote-unquote starter on special teams at all those spots. But if the, the video that they watch in grade doesn't uh, uh, justify you continuing in that role, then you get demoted or maybe taken off or whatever. So, you know, these are the guys, too, a lot of times that become a factor uh, on the final cutdown day. Uh, return guys. Steelers are always looking for return guys. If you plan on making the football team as a return guy, you better bring one back for a touchdown, yeah. at least one. Uh, unless you are, and again, I'm picking out a name here, Calvin Austin III, who's, the, again, just speculating, the starting slot receiver. Yeah. Okay, so that's different. But if you're, you know, uh, Stephon Logan, I don't know if many Steelers fans remember him, uh, 09, I think it was. Gunnar Olszewski for he this made, year's team. Uh, well, yeah, okay, but... Gunnar Olszewski, if he if he can't help as a receiver, which he has shown some ability to do, by the way, in the training camp to this point. Okay, good. Uh, if he can't help as a receiver, he better get in the end zone on a punt <laughs> return or two. Right on. I'm just saying because um, I don't mean that I'm not trying to be mean or I don't like Gunnar Olszewski or any of that stuff. I'm just telling you what it is, and that's how it's viewed. I mean, I've heard Mike Tomlin tell me, you know, I've asked him, what do you need to do to make the team strictly as a return guy? And he, he pretty much has said, you better get in the end zone. Uh, you know, uh, catching them all isn't good enough. Uh, catching all the punts, 
knowing when to let the punt uh, roll into the end zone as opposed to catching it, you know, at the ten yard line or whatever. That's not good enough by itself. You need to you need to be dynamic, and so uh, these roster spots as they're being fought for. And again, we're just using this as a name, as an example. Tight ends, Connor Hayward. Well, you might say, okay, well, there's Fryermuth, Gentry. He's the third best tight end. Okay, what's he giving you on special teams, though? Because if he's not giving you a lot, then maybe you go with Sternberger. Yep. Because maybe Sternberger's giving you more. Uh, again, this is all speculation, and I'm just picking names out and throwing them out here. I don't want anyone to think that you know I'm uh, making any decisions or predicting anything uh, because I don't know what the, the pecking order is at this point. But it'll be determined in these first couple of preseason games and, um, you know, guys who have their eyeballs on one of those final 53 on uh, after 4 p.m. on August the 30th, um, you know, they they better have Danny Smith in their corner saying, in, you know, when he uh, has his meeting with Mike Tomlin, I need this guy. We're going to wrap things up here on the training camp report when we come back, talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball and give you again an update on today's practice up at Latrobe. That's all on the way next here on the training camp report on SNR. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Only a few more minutes left here on today's Training Camp Report, but Labs, one guy I did want to get into on the defensive side of the ball was someone that Tomlin was asked about in his presser following practice on Saturday, and that's outside linebacker Alex Highsmith. You know, he was asked what he expects and what he needs from him this year, and he put it... As Tomlin often does, he just needs varsity football from Highsmith. Uh, this is a big year for him. I, I don't want to say that he's, you know, way behind the eight ball because he had a pretty solid season last year. And I'd say for a, uh, a middle-round draft pick out of the University of Charlotte, he's actually done pretty well in his first two seasons in the NFL. But I think this third season now, the coaching staff wants to see it. A little bit more of an uptick from him. Even if the numbers don't necessarily bear it out, I think we've talked about this before, hey, sometimes you're going to get to the quarterback, but number nine, he's just going to get there a step faster and he's going to take some sacks out of your pocket. But just to see, you know, more consistency, uh, not getting pushed to the outside, you know, cutting his angle down a lot sharper on the quarterback, uh, things like that are, are really needed to be seen from Highsmith this season. Yeah, and it's big for him too because, you know, as a third-round pick, he signs a four-year contract coming into the NFL. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the fifth-year option thing is only available to first-year guys. So he's going into his third season. So now it's, you know, it's getting up to a point where, uh, and this was explained to me once by a longtime assistant coach, um, a lot of times teams make decisions on whether you're worth the money that okay, they're going to have yeah. to spend. So, you know, Alex Highsmith, not only for him in terms of, you know, if he wants a second contract and what that number might be, um, you know, those kinds of things, uh, that's happening on the other on the other side, too, of that bargaining table. Um, you know, do we like this guy or do we need to start looking for a replacement? Because um, when Bud Dupree was heading towards free agency and he was really lighting it up, you know, the Steelers made a conscious move. To, to draft Alex Highsmith. I mean, they didn't wait until Bud was gone yeah. to pick Highsmith on the next draft. They picked him while Bud was still here. So let's just flip it around a little bit. Maybe it's not uh, so much of a situation that 
oh, we're going to lose him as an unrestricted free agent. It's more like we don't know if we want to sign him back to a second contract. So let's prepare for that. So, yes, this is a big season for Alex Highsmith personally. Uh, the Steelers need him. You know, you were mentioning his production. Uh, you know, the, the defense certainly needs that. And for that to improve, as you mentioned, uh, he needs to uh, not allow himself to be run past the quarterback uh, so much and finish. Because there are a lot of times when, you know, Alex Highsmith is almost there. Well, almost doesn't cut it. Nope. Uh, We're not so playing horseshoes he, here. We are not. <laughs> so uh, it's a big season for him. It's a big season uh, for the Steelers in terms of what he can produce. And here's the other thing. He needs to stay healthy. No question. Because – uh, there is not a lot of depth right now, or let me put put it this way, proven depth uh, behind the two starters, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. And so, you know, you have to find a way to keep yourself available. He needs to do what he ne- uh, whatever needs to be done in terms of, you know, preparing his body and then taking care of his body on a regular basis so that, you know, he's able to line up and, and assume the, the role that they need him to assume. So, yeah, in a lot of different ways, this is a big year for Alex Highsmith, how it impacts the Steelers, and then how it impacts his future. Steelers are back in Latrobe for practice today, but the practice will be at Latrobe Memorial Stadium, the usual home for Friday Night Lights. So if you are headed up to Latrobe, make sure you stop there because that is where practice will be taking place at 1.55 today. That's going to do it for us today on the training camp report. We're going to hand things off to the locker room next as Wolf and Starks will take you for the next two hours right here on SNR. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you at 9 a.m. tomorrow right here on Steelers Nation Radio. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there.